Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. If the book of John were a Hollywood movie, we would see, in a big picture sort of way, three big story movements, right? The protagonist rises, the protagonist falls, and the protagonist rises again. Of course, in Hollywood, you don't have much of a story if the conflict involves the death of the hero. In God's story, though, where we get to today, actually, Jesus cares for us with the tender, attentive love of a shepherd for his sheep. Sheep who, ironically, have no idea most of the time what the shepherd is actually doing for them. And with that, we kick off the first Bible reading of 2024. Hey, Hopeful, glad you're with us for today's slice of our Monday through Saturday, read through the Bible in a year time together, reading through every single word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. And hey, if you are new here and you want to know a little more about why we don't just pick up on Genesis 1 on the, at the first of the year, go to forthehope.org forward slash mission. Again, that's forthehope.org forward slash mission. Now, spoiler alert, when you go there, you're going to figure out that we read the Bible as a commitment to a lifestyle of worship, not as a project or a New Year's resolution. And it just so happens that we read it at a pace that gets you through the whole thing in about a year. And I know you'll find this a surprise, but we're in the the book of John. And in today's New Testament segment, we're in John 10, which is the end of that middle protagonist falling section of, of the story, right? Opposition has been mounting from the Jews. But do you remember what John says that Jesus The good shepherd does, well, he cares for us with the tender, attentive love of a shepherd for his sheep, even if we are as clueless as sheep. John chapter 10. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. And they will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they didn't understand what he was telling them. So he said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, he leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them, and this happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, 
and they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Now again, the Jews were divided because of these words, and many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone who is demon-possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade, and the Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Now again, the Jews picked up rocks to stone him, and Jesus replied, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these works are you stoning me? We aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. And Jesus answered them, Isn't it written in your law when it says, I said, you are gods? If he called those to whom the word of God came, gods, small g, and the scripture can't be broken, do you say, you are blaspheming? To the one the Father set apart and sent into the world because I said I'm the Son of God? If I'm not doing my Father's works, don't believe me. But if I am doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Then they again were trying to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. So he departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing earlier, and he remained there. And many came to him and said, John never did a sign, but everything John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. All right, my friends, that is that's John chapter 10, and uh, that wouldn't, I wouldn't call that one of my better reads, but you know, you can go anywhere and hear a perfect voice, I hope. This is a little bit different for us. But do you see where we're coming from with today's theme? Jesus cares for us with the tender, attentive love of a shepherd for his sheep. Interestingly, though, sheep <laughs> often have no idea most of the time what the shepherd is doing for them, which is, interestingly, a transition to our Old Testament segment today. Uh, the address from Moses today is the shortest in all of Deuteronomy. 
and it alternates between utterances that apply directly to Moses' audience at the time of the address, like he's going, hey, today, and also then to the Israelites in the future, like tomorrow this is going to happen. And I want you to pay attention particularly to the beginning because it begins in a unique way for one reason. It makes the point that Israel does not really understand the significance of what God has done for them, right? They don't understand the real significance of the deliverance from Egypt or the hand of God in their life because their minds don't fully grasp what God is ultimately doing. It's it's easy for them to rebel against God and to miss the heart of God is to miss the motivation to obey and a whole bunch more. Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30. These are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in the land of Moab, in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. Uh, You know what, I'm just going to pause because we do that sometimes here. Remember, Horeb is Mount Sinai, right? Kind of where the whole thing began, and that's where the Ten Commandments were given. Then they wandered around the desert for 40 years, and now they're in Moab, right? just about ready to cross into the promised land. So this is kind of why we're talking about the second law, the Deuteronomos, Deuteronomy. Okay, continuing. Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen with your own eyes everything the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to the entire land. You saw with your own eyes the great trials and those great signs and wonders, yet, yet to this day... The Lord has not given you a mind to understand, eyes to see, or ears to hear. I led you forty years in the wilderness, and your clothes and sandals on your feet didn't wear out. You did not eat food or drink wine or beer, so that you might know, so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. When you reached this place, King Sion of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan came out against us in battle, and but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Therefore, observe the words of this covenant and follow them, so that you will succeed in everything you do. All of you are standing today before the Lord your God. Your leaders, tribes, elders, officials, all the men of Israel, your dependents, your wives, and the resident aliens in your camps who cut your wood and draw your water— so that you may enter into the covenant of the Lord your God, which he is making with you today, so that you may enter into his oath, and so that he may establish you today as his people, and he may be your God as he promised you, and as he swore to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am making this covenant and this oath not only with you, but also with those who are standing here with us today in the presence of the Lord our God and with those who are not here today. Indeed, you know how we lived in the land of Egypt and passed through the nations where you traveled. You saw their abhorrent images and idols made of wood, stone, silver, and gold which were among them. Be sure there is No man, woman, clan, or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord your God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Be sure there is no root among you bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. 
When someone hears the words of this oath, he may consider himself exempt, thinking, Oh, I will have peace even though I follow my own stubborn heart. This will lead to the destruction of the well-watered land as well as the dry land. The Lord will not be willing to forgive him. Instead, his anger and jealousy will burn against that person, and every curse written in this scroll will descend on him, and the Lord will blot out his name under heaven and single him out for harm from all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. Future generations of your children who follow you and the foreigner who comes from a distant country will see the plagues of that land and the sickness the Lord has inflicted on it. And all its soil will be a burning waste of sulfur and salt, unsown, producing nothing, with no plant growing on it, just like the fall of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord demolished with his fierce anger. And all the nations will ask, why has the Lord done this to this land? Why, why this intense outburst of anger? And then the people will answer, It is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, which he had made with them and when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. They began to serve other gods, bowing in worship to gods they had not known, gods that the Lord had not permitted them to worship. Therefore, the Lord's anger burned against this land and he brought every curse written in this book on it. The Lord uprooted them from their land in his anger and his rage and his intense wrath, and he threw them into another land where they are today. The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever, so that we may follow all the words of this law. Pause. My friends, that gets us up through Deuteronomy 29. I want to highlight that last verse before we move on. The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever, so that we may follow all the words of this law. My friends, one of the faulty assumptions oftentimes in our own culture and sometimes in our own hearts is that at we think of sooner or later we'll figure it all out on our own, like science will answer every question possible. Here is God going, hey, I have revealed a whole lot to you. But there are things that you will never understand because you're not God. Important. Now, as we kick off the next chapter here, listen to how Moses positions this going. It's not if you fall into sin in the future. It's when. Deuteronomy 30. When all these things happen to you, the blessings and curses I have set before you, and you come to your senses while you are in all the nations where the Lord has, your God has driven you, and you and your children return to the Lord God and obey him with all your heart and all your soul by doing everything I'm commanding you today, then he will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Even if your exiles are at the farthest horizon, he will gather you and bring you back from there. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your ancestors possessed, and you will take possession of it, and he will cause you to prosper and multiply you more than he did your ancestors. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your descendants 
and you will love him with all your heart and all your soul, so that you will live. The Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you, and then you will again obey him and follow all this, all his commands that I'm commanding you today. The Lord your God will make you prosper abundantly in all the work of your hands, your offspring, the offspring of your livestock, and the produce of your land. Indeed, the Lord will again delight in your prosperity as he delighted in that of your ancestors. When? When you obey the Lord your God by keeping his commands and statutes that are written in this book of the law and return to him with all your heart and all your soul. This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask, oh, who will go up to heaven and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it? And it is not across the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it? But the message is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart so that you may follow it. See, today I have set before you Life and prosperity, death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands and statutes and ordinances, so that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not listen, and you are led astray to bow in worship to other gods and serve them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish and not prolong your days in the land that you are entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him, and remain faithful to him, for he is your life, and he will prolong your days as long as you live in the land the Lord your God swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, I get goosebumps, my friends. That is Deuteronomy 29 and 30, and I hope... I don't have to spend time explaining how that connects to Jesus caring for us with the same heart of God, right? God God of the Old Testament sometimes gets a bad rap, which is entirely baloney-headed because that's simply a function of not paying attention to the Bible. Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever, cares with us with the same tender, attentive love as a shepherd for his sheep. And of course, those sheep don't have any idea most of the time what the shepherd is doing for them, including Jesus, who's about, you know, going to end up on the cross in our reading in John. In our wisdom segment today, we pick up in Proverbs chapter 22 at verse 17. And this begins kind of the next section of Proverbs. If you were looking at your Bible notes, you'd probably see that it says uh, from here through chunk of chapter 24 is 30 sayings of the wise. Might touch on that a little more uh, on another day, but for now, let's just, let's just pause at Jesus's feet and hear what the Lord has to say. Listen closely, pay attention to the words of the wise and apply your mind to my knowledge. For 
It is pleasing if you keep them within you and if they are constantly on your lips. I have instructed you today, even you, so that your confidence may be in the Lord. Haven't I written you 30 sayings about counsel and knowledge in order to teach you true and reliable words so that you may give a dependable report to those who sent you? Don't rob a poor person because he is poor and don't crush the oppressed at the city gate for the Lord will champion their cause and will plunder those who plunder them. Don't make friends with an angry person and don't be a companion to a hot-tempered one or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. And that gets us up through verse 25. My friends, let me let me just start the year out here praying for us, Lord. Uh, Lord God, I, I just pray for the person listening here, Lord, if they've been with me for six and a half years, Lord, or... The, Maybe this is the first time they've ever listened. But Lord, help us to see and understand not just Jesus of the New Testament, but the eternal sovereign Jesus who somehow in eternity past was part of Father, Son, Spirit, loving on us, coming to die in our place as as we fail in our relationship with you. And Lord, even if we have no idea most of the time what you are doing for us, Lord, help us to trust you. And perhaps, Lord, let's make that the theme of this year. Trusting the Good Shepherd. I love you, my friends. Amen. Happy New Year. Amen.